Yeso. You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 103. Hey, hey, hey. That's my shit, high key. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 103 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Denzel, and we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaged with me on the social media platforms. I truly appreciate all the love and support I receive from y'all on there. Thank you to all the essential workers out here still. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget, your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase and the Bronx Bias blog. The site where all of this is available is at Bronx biaspod.com come check it out i've got hoodies t-shirts tote bags masks and stickers along with the blog which serves as an extension of the podcast on the blog you will see things that i cannot discuss on the podcast for reasons like time constraints for just things like independent ideas that i wanted to like flush out and it probably wouldn't fit in with the podcast especially if i have a guest um, so you can read the blogs for, you know, small articles or opinion pieces on a myriad of topics. Um, and it's just as an extension of certain things just can't be covered on the pod. You know, I try to keep the pods between an hour to an hour and a half, sometimes two hours the most. So on there, you know, it's like 3000 word essays on random topics or 5000 word essays on random topics probably wouldn't fit into the vibe of the podcast. So that's why we have the blog. Go check it out again. It's bronxbiaspod.com. Also, the Bronx Bias blog is an open platform. If you are a writer or of any kind or a musician or any other artist and you'd like somewhere to display your work, the Bronx Bias pod, the Bronx Bias blog could be the place for you. So you can let me know. You can hit me up on the contact form that's on the website or you can send me a DM on Instagram and Twitter and we possibly can work together to get your things out there. The more things we have on the blog, the better a blog it is. I'm open to having everybody who wants to submit to the blog on the blog. So feel free to reach out. And as I have said for one million times, 
I'm an independent potter from the BXNY. So all of the support that I can receive on the merchandise and on the blog is super important and vital to the show. So please check it out. The site is BronxBiasPod.com. And with all of that being said, we are going to have a great, great, great show today. I'm in a great mood. I'm in an amazing mood. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the conversation that we have today. I am really excited. So there's nothing else left to say, but let's do it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was an amazing, amazing, amazing song. And I laugh as I say that because uh, shout out to my homies at the TKG podcast. That's the podcast I'm working on. Um, at St. Francis College, where I'm re-enrolled, re-enrolled back in school, and I have a little podcast with them. Um, we talked about Ice Spice maybe for like the first two or three episodes of the pod, and uh, my other co-hosts on the TKG podcast are not as big of a fan of Ice Spice as I am. Um, so today's intro is Munch by Ice Spice BX Legend. We support everybody from the Bronx. You already know that. That's a flag BX gang all day, all night. Um, and Ice Spice is a very interesting character to me currently. Um, one, you know, aside from her looks, because she is very attractive, but aside from that, like, the reception that I've noticed for Ice Spice is like, we can't act like in 2023 that niggas is really caring about bars and lyrical content like that has not been the case for years niggas do not care about bars niggas do not care about lyrics niggas do not care about none of that shit so now when i see all these people have negative things to say about ice spice as in she's not a real artist she's not a real rapper fuck out of here i'm not jacking her it's like but family People have not been putting their best foot forward in music for years. Like, every song is a sample of a sample of a sample. Every song is the same flow if it's a drill cadence or if it's a trap cadence, like, or a melodic um, type, you know, sing rap type vibe. Like, how the fuck are we going to sit here and try to bully this girl and say, fuck her, she can't be successful, she can't have, you know, the shit that she has right now because she's not a good rapper. Like, when has that ever mattered? Let's say from fucking 2000 and let's just ballpark it from 2015 to now. When has bars really mattered? Like, that's what the, that's what I'm not jacking. Like, you can't sit here and accept all the bullshit that gets put out in this musical space, especially in hip hop. And then when a girl comes out and is shaking her ass and shit and being successful from that. Oh, well, I'm not jacking her because she's not a good rapper. I'm not buying that for a second. Cardi B used to strip at Sin City and nobody said nothing. Why the fuck is we got something to say about this girl? Like, I'm not going to sit here and be a hater. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I'm not going to go into a diatribe about it. If you want to hear my full Ice Spice commentary, check out the TKG podcast. That's right. Shameless self-promotion. I don't give a fuck. This is my platform. But, oh yeah, if you really want to hear, like, the full Ice Spice commentary and discourse, you could tune into that. But, like, really, like, I'm not going to hate on her. She is a 20, early 20s girl, maybe 23 or 24 years old. She's out here. She got a fire song. The rest of her songs are whatever you think. I don't, I, this is really, Munch is really the only song I really like. But 
I'm not going to sit here and hate on this young girl who's not killing anyone, who's not taking advantage of anyone in a nasty type of way, out here making money for herself and bettering her life and taking advantage of her good looks. Like, that don't make no sense to me. Y'all niggas out here who hating on Ice Spice, get that hate out your heart, family. Get that hate out your heart because a munch, at least, I'm jacking it. Like, I fuck with that song, so... Shout out to Ice Spice, BX Gang. We want to see everybody win from the Bronx. And uh, that song was just, it's the summer, you know what I mean? There's going to be a whole lot of Ice Spices out here doing their thing. So <laughs> shout out to the Ice Spice, bro. I ain't never going to hate on you. I support everybody from the Bronx. So shout out to you. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast and it is called bronx facts for those of you guys who do not know maybe it's your first time listening to the show bronx facts is a segment i like to do at the beginning of each show just to give one fact about the bronx new york that people may not know that people may have never heard before just to try and show how many great things how many great ideas and how many great people Come from the Bronx, New York. So, without any further ado, your Bronx fact for today is located in the Melrose section, the Bronx Museum of the Arts, founded in 1971, exhibits 20th century and contemporary art through its central museum space and 11,000 square foot square feet of galleries. Many of his exhibitions are on themes of special interest to the Bronx. Its permanent collection features more than 800 works of art, primarily by artists from Africa, Asia, and Latin America, including paintings, photographs, prints, drawings, and mixed media. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 103. son where'd you find this all right all right we're getting right to the shits today we have a very 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 special guest it is only special guests that appear here on the bronx bias podcast today we have special guest angie tavares who is a bronx-based entrepreneur writer blogger and the creator of this bronx girl writes which is a lifestyle and culture blog. Angie, thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to me today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yes, we're excited to have you. Got a lot of good stuff to talk about. So Angie, can you tell the people where are some of the places that they can reach you if they want to get in contact with you or to see all the work and all the stuff that you got going on out here? Um, so right now I do have an Instagram and it's literally this Bronx girl writes. I have the website, which is www.thisbronxgirlwrites.com. I'm not really into Facebook yet. I'm working on that. I'm working on like maneuvering through it. I'm not too sure how it works. It's been a while for me, but I do have Twitter and it's forever. Ange. I actually started writing off of Twitter like really long time ago. I think my Twitter goes all the way back to when I was in my freshman year of high school. And that's about it for right now. So just those two. The website. 
The website, yeah. Thisbronxgirlrights.com. There you go. All right. And Angie, if you don't know, and actually this is a theme of my show, right? Because I have a great relationship with Tia Ingram, aka Coach Tia of the Bronx Collab. Shout out to her. Shout Episode to 65 Tia. of the Bronx Bars Podcast featuring Coach T is available. So if you haven't listened to that, go out and check it out. Um, but we have connected through her. She's been great to me and helping me get people and helping, you know, spread, you know, other people in the Bronx, helping them get to my platform. So how did you come in contact with her? How did you meet her? And how did your relationship start with her? Um, it's funny because I live two blocks away from the collab. I literally live two blocks and I wasn't aware of the collab yet, but I had started my Instagram back in March. So I started following the Bronx Bodega. I just saw them and I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Like, you know, I want to follow them because I had already kind of started putting my articles out on Twitter. So when I started following the Bronx Bodega, they reached out to me and they invite me to this event. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go because I don't really know what's up there, you know, because you kind of have your defense mode on all the time. And I'm like, I don't know these people. I'm not going. Then I started like kind of putting rollouts of my articles via my personal Instagram page. And once again, the Bronx Bodega hits me up and tells me, hey, come to this event. I think you totally love it. When I walk into the collab, I'm expecting the Bronx Bodega, which is Walter. I think you also had, right? So I know him and, you know, like his partner. So I'm expecting that these are like the Bronx collab as well, because I wasn't aware that it was two different people. Mm -hmm. So I'm talking to T and she's like, well, how did you hear about us? And I'm like, oh, I think that the owner reached out to me. And she's like laughing. And she's like, oh, that's me. And I was like, well, did you reach out to me? So and she's like, well, show me. So I was showing her that the Bronx Bodega was reaching out. And then she asked me, like, kind of like, what, you know, what are you looking for? And what do you do? And I explained to her that I write. And she told asks me, like, what platforms do you use? And I kind of told her, like, I just use WordPress. Um. I have my own site through WordPress and I use Twitter. So I'm like active on Twitter a lot. And then I told her like, after that event, I was quiet the whole event because that's my technique. Like I'm a very quiet person because I like to observe first and then I'll kind of jump into it. So I was observing how like she maneuvered throughout the room and like the people in the room. And I was like, you know what? Like this is a different space because I'm so used to the type of writing that I put out is urban right so like a lot of the people that I a lot of the spaces that I've been have been those type of spaces you know what I mean yeah so I kind of was like you know I want to I want to talk to her and I want to see like how can I do something with her for her whatever I just wanted to be a part of it because I was like this is dope you know it was totally free um there was merch there like that was pretty cool um and then we met and when me and T started talking like it was just we hit it off you know like she's awesome And she understood me because I had met with previous people before where I kind of felt like they were trying to like, you know, change the direction I was going in. Mm -hmm. And that's not for me. You know, like I don't I don't necessarily need change. I need the guidance. So when I talk when I'm talking to see that day, I'm realizing that she's listening. And to me, that's very important. You know, like I don't want you to come and tell me, oh, I have this for you. You know, I want you to listen and see if it also works for you. Because that's membership, like you work together. Um, and one of the really important questions that she asked me that day was, what can you bring to the collab? And I thought that was awesome, right? Because 
that means that you're not just going to sign on whoever, you know, you just want to make sure that people also have something to offer back. Right. So after that, you know, like it's been on since then, like I've, you know, I love being a part of her events. I think that they're awesome for the community. Um, the North Bronx, we don't really have things like that. So right. that's important. That was like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I think that it made me so happy. Like the inner child in me was like, yes, this is what I've always needed. I went to, um, and sorry if I'm jumping ahead, but I went to Richard R. Green. So I went to 113, which is up here in the North Bronx on 216. Um, and I was a part of a school that was called Forward School of Creative Writing. That was the only thing during my time growing up uptown. I grew up uptown. Like, you know, my, I think our first apartment was on Allerton. Yeah, Allerton, Arner Avenue. And then we lived in this building. And then I moved up in this building. So the whole entire time I've been here, I haven't been able to have that type of community. And the fact that, you know, at this age, I'm finding it. I'm like, you know what? You're still young enough that you can still do something and you can still touch the kids. So that was it. That's my story with T. That's awesome. That's great yeah. to hear. Shout out to T, man. Yeah, she's she's awesome, man. She just she, she really cares. Like, that's the thing about yeah. her that you could tell, like, doesn't matter if you're it's your first day there or you're visiting or you're a member like she will reach out to you and care about you and she will reach out and tell you about opportunities she will help connect you with people like she's super 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 cool a great resource if you're a creator out there and you live in the bronx check out the bronx collab space 3866 white plains road check it out go meet with t man because she can really help you out she can really put you in some good spaces so Shout yeah, out to her. We got to give her some love on here. Absolutely. So, Angie, now we want to talk about you. We want to know about what makes you you, how you got started, what inspires you, you know, what makes you a Bronx girl who wants to write. So my first question to you in that regard is what inspired you to start writing and creating your platform? And when did you feel like you really found your voice? All right. Um, so I wanted to be a rapper. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and my mom at the time, like she would, she would encourage that behavior. Right. So for a very long time, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be a rapper. Like, this is it for me. And I think that at the age of 11, me and my sister, cause my sister was my manager. <laughs> my sister was like 13 and I was 11 and, um, I would write songs like, because Early on in my life, I went through a lot already. Mm -hmm. So um, the process of even getting here from Puerto Rico, you know, like moving around a lot, all that stuff. Um, so when I would listen to certain raps, I knew what they were talking about, you know, but I was 11 years old. So I was like, maybe what they're doing, I can do, you know, like I can because I knew that I had a lot of emotions inside and there was not necessarily back then therapy wasn't a thing, you know, no. like, yeah, your parents would not take you to therapy. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is therapy? So I started, um, rapping, you know, like I started <laughs> doing these crazy raps and then, yeah, like at 11, me and my sister sat down and I was like, Hey, I don't think that I'm a rapper. I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> Cause it was just a lot going on and the resources weren't available to us. You know, we didn't have obviously a studio or nothing. It was just crazy. So I had, I think I still have a few YouTube clips out, unfortunately. Um, and I was like, well, I love to write, you know, like I, this is what I do. 
and I would just write, I would write my feelings and I'm a matter of fact person. Like I'm a factual person. Like I needed to be realist. Right. So like when I was writing my feelings down, I will remember we had like this computer in my room and I would go and I would sit down and I would Google like, you know, what does it mean if you feel like this, you know? And then I started to learn really early on about statistics. So I would ask my mom and my dad, like, you know, this is what I'm feeling. Like, have you guys been through this? You know, like, because I was curious. So I think at that point I had Tumblr and I would write things on Tumblr. Like I would write little passages on Tumblr. At first it was more like spoken word and type of stuff like that. Um, and then I think at 16, yeah, 16, I started more so doing articles and I realized they were articles because of one of my English teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, I would share them with her and I would show her like what I was doing. And she was like, this is really good. Like you should continue to do it. Um, and I wasn't into spoken word because I felt, even though like I do see that there's a lot of spoken word people out there that are more aggressive now, mm-hmm. but back then it was more so like, you know, um, you thinking of me thinking of love type love, you know, type stuff like that. And I, that wasn't me. And my English is my second language. Mm-hmm. So I had a hard time with that. Like I had a hard time um, basically verbalizing things. But when I was writing, it made sense in my head. So that's basically it. Like I literally started so young because I thought I wanted to be a rapper. And here I am. <laughs> well, you know, rappers, you know, it, they're some of the greatest writers out here. So, you know, they it are. is connected. It's hand in hand. You ever Google some lyrics and you're like, Sometimes you don't even hear all the things that they're saying in the song because of the beat or something. And you're like, wow, they came up with all of this, you know? So Mm -hmm. there is a lot, a good connection between the art form of rap and the art form of writing. Yes. And that's why I felt so comfortable too with my writing, right? So at first I thought that like my English wasn't good. I was like, no, your English sucks. Like, girl, nobody's going to read this. But then I realized like English is like kind of subjective. Like it's what you want to make it, you know, mm-hmm. it's how you want to read it in your head. It's like, I'm sure you know about Zane books, right? Those books yeah. were like very urban. So when I was reading them, I understood what they were saying, you know, like I got it a hundred percent. And then I could read a very professional, you know, um, healing book. And I understand what they're saying. So it's definitely true. Even Cardi B inspires me, you know, like, of course, listen, when I first heard Cardi, this was a really long time ago. And I lived in an apartment on T-Bow for like six months. Um, And I was like, wow, I could have continued rapping (laughs) because our English was on the same level. Yeah, shout out to Cardi, man. BX is on, man. We got yes. we only got love for Cardi over here, yo. I ain't never got nothing bad to say about her. Me neither. So, Angie, my next question for you is, what do you want to convey or what do you want your overall message to be with your writing or all your other ventures? What do you want people to take away from you as the main theme about you or your creations when they read them or if they see you out in the community? Um, I want people to be inspired, right? So I also want people to know that we go through so much things. Like I've been through my fair share of things. Um, I'm going to continue to share on my blog. And I'm also sharing some of my close friends' stories on my blog, um, many different stories. Because I realized that what I went through wasn't as unique as I thought, right? Even with my parents, um, a lot of people go through it. But nobody talks about it, right? Because you see, like, 
you see the people all, when they're all the way at the top, but you don't know what happened in between. Right. You know, and even it goes back to raps. When you listen to some of the lyrics, you're like, no, it's impossible that that happened. No, it does happen. You know, like stuff. So I want people to be inspired, motivated um, and to know that there's always light, you know, like not even to be like cliche or corny. But it's like you sometimes we're in a very dark space and we feel like nobody can hear us and we can't get out. And you can use writing. You can use creating even if you're not a painter, right? But you can do it. You can pick up a brush and you can express yourself. So I want people to know that I came from a really dark space in my life and I'm still overcoming stuff, you know, like I'm not all the way there yet, but there's, you know, there's a meaning to my story. So I want that if the next young, even boys, like um, I have an article breaking down friendships and it focuses on guys' mental health. I've been in this community, like I said, basically all my life. And I've had conversation with kids on my block that surprised me because I'm 27 now. So now when I'm talking to an 18, 17 year old, I'm like, oh, my God, you know, like, no, there's there's you got there's a lot to go. Yeah. But the kids don't know it. They don't know it. And sometimes it's, it's like if their parents weren't educated, you, they can't help them. You know, or their parents have trauma, so their parents can't help them. So I want, like, if I'm walking, you know, and it happens now, thank God. But, like, if I'm walking and you need something or you want to talk, talk to me. You know, like, I want to be able for people to reach out. I want to have these conversations because it's important. I feel like a lot of the boys in my community, like the men, even men, um, have been left behind because we focus so much on the girls. I love my girls, though. But we focus a lot on the girl on the girls and guys. They suffer a lot of mental health issues. And, you know, like a lot of the times um, is masked. So I want to motivate people. I want to inspire them. And I want to get them, you know, I want to get them up. You know, like I want to make sure that when you're reading my article at the end of it, you feel some type of inspired or educated. That's With great. The, yeah, thank you. With Save the Flowers, I started doing that article so long ago. Like I'm, this is very long ago, right? And then the whole Roe versus Wade thing happened. Mm. So actually, I was in the collab and I was telling T, she, she could we were cracking up because I told her, like, I have something really good for this because it's like, this been happening. You know what I mean? Like, this stuff has been happening. This is not new. So when people are now seeing it in TV, it's like, no, like, there's so much things that are already happening to women of color in our communities that nobody's paying attention to like there's a lack of resource and you know there's there has to be more like I always say there has to be more after the protest you know like there has to be more work to be done I'm still working on what is the more work but so far I'm I'm getting educated on it so that when I'm speaking when I'm speaking on it and when I'm telling people about it you're getting informed Right. You know, because a lot of the times these girls don't know exactly what's going on. They don't know that sometimes they're not as safe as it seems. And this stuff, like I said, it's been going on for so long. So I'm surprised that people are surprised. Mm. So how, can you take me back to that moment then when, when you found that the Roe v. Wade decision came down, it was going to be overturned. How did that make you feel like what were your emotions or what was your mind state at that moment in time? Was it heartbreak? Was it more of the same? Like, how did you feel at that moment? Um, I felt a little pissed off. Like, I wasn't more so heartbroken because, um, how can I, not that I don't feel bad for these people, like for these women in these states, but it's just kind of like, 
we see the buildup, right? Like you see the buildup. Aside from Save the Flowers, I have, but we do it better, right? Mm-hmm. And when you tune into that, you know, whenever you get a chance, um, you're going to see that I'm already talking about the oppression with the woman of color, you know, like how women rights weren't for our rights. They were for the Caucasian rights. Right. Straight so, up. yeah. So to me, it was kind of like, wow, you know, like, why is it that it has to get to here for us to explode? And why is it being like it's very quiet right now? You know what I mean? Like, it's to me, it's crazy. Like. Everything that happened that day to me was just kind of like pissing me off because I kept seeing these things on social media. And it's just like, guys, this has been happening. Literally, this has been happening. Even to the point that like women of color are dying more at giving birth. That's crazy. So when the decision came, it's just kind of like, okay, guys, you know, like I kind of saw this coming because just the way that everything in politics was going. Um, I, I watch it, you know, and I don't like to like talk too much about it because I'm not too like um, educated on that aspect, like mm-hmm. you know, the Supreme Court and this and that. I do learn and I research about it, but it's just kind of like I knew it was coming. You know, I knew something big was coming when it came to women's rights because I've, I saw articles online just talking about it, you know, like. So when I was doing other articles, I was bumping into these articles, which started Save the Flowers. So. I started drafting that, like, I want to say maybe a year and a half ago, and then this happens. So I was more pissed off at our community more because it's just kind of like, guys, we can't always just sit around and then be surprised. Right. You know, because that's the thing. Like, I believe in taking action and just literally fighting for your rights. We have to do something. Right. I agree. I agree. So. How then can we spin this forward? How can then we use our platforms, my podcast, for example, your blog or other people out here? How can we then use our platforms to inform people, but at the same time, not make it look like we're preaching to them? I've noticed when I talk to young people, they Mm -hmm. feel like adults don't try to understand them. They just try to preach to them and just talk at them and not talk to them. So in your opinion, with a serious issue like this, with people of color's rights in general and women, people of color, how can we use our platforms to get that message out that we need to be more informed? We need to pay more attention to these things so that way we can use our voices earlier and not wait till things are blown up in our face. Like, how is a good way that we can do that with the things that we have? You like basically outreach to the youth, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. what you mean? Um, I say that talking to them regular, literally as crazy, as simple as that sounds, right? Like talking to them regular, because I have, I was just telling one of my coworkers, I have a 19 year old in my life where I, I almost get preachy. Like I said, I almost, cause you're a baby. So like you almost do, you're almost like, Oh my God, you shouldn't be doing that. But then when I take a second and I think about me at 27, <laughs> who, who am I preaching to? Even some of the older adults in your life, you know what I mean? Like, we're not perfect. So in reality, I do want to hear what they have to say. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a lie, you know, like, and when I'm personally blogging, I'm not writing in a way that you, that they wouldn't understand, you know, like in our community, like um, black kids and kids of color. Like, I want to make sure that when you're reading it, it's not boring, mm-hmm. you know, so that they want to tune in and they want to see what's going on. Because sometimes when you listen to some podcasts or when you read certain things on the internet, you do get bored. Mm-hmm. 
you know, like that's the reality of it. <laughs> like that's just life. So you want to, I think you want to make sure that we're, we're almost meeting them at the same eye level. Mm -hmm. So, you know, their language, you're still in the hood, you know, how they talk, you know, how they move. So the other day I was having a conversation with somebody and they were younger than me and it was a group of them and we were talking, I was just standing, you know, standing around and it, the, like I said, like the inner, like adult in me was just like, this is crazy. <laughs> they were talking about STDs, right? Mm -hmm. They made a comment, which I know is inaccurate, a hundred percent inaccurate. So I don't know how, um, how, how much I can say on this, if I can curse or not. Right. Yeah, of course. Okay. So they were saying that you cannot get herpes from head. <laughs> right. So this happened because one of them happened to, I guess, get, have an interaction with like a uh, drug user. Right. And everybody says that that drug user is infected. So I'm sitting there and like I was almost in so much disbelief that I was my mouth was my jaw dropped because I was like, what are you guys talking about? So then they're telling me what they're talking about. So I was like. Why would you think that? You know, like, so you start talking to them like, what? I just looked at him. I was like, no, you, you need to go to the doctor. Because so then that's when you meet them at the eye level, you know, like, so it's kind of it's going to click in his head. Long and behold, when he called me by myself today, when I was going to the store, he was asking me, he was like, but you, you dead ass. No, I'm for real. No, I'm so, I'm so serious. So, you know, you kind of meet them at their, their same and listen to what they're saying, because that is also school. When they go to school, they're giving them this, these health ed weird classes that are not specific enough. And they're talking to our kids different, you know, yeah. like if, I remember having like teachers that I could not relate to at all. Me too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. it, it's weird. So you have to talk to the kids in your community. Like that's just what it falls. Like you have to listen and you have to talk back to them and don't be afraid to talk back to them because they already get that fear from authorities and from schools, like the institutions that they're in treat them different. So <clears throat> I think my best recommendation is just be regular, be yourself, you know, like, because we're not perfect. And that's how I've maintained a relationship with a lot of the kids in my community because I'm, they know I'm not, they've seen me, you know, like, and I'm an adult now and they still see me outside. So it doesn't mean that I'm not working towards something. It just means that I'm an adult and I'm trying to get my shit together and you got to go to school, you know, like when they ask me why, oh, I don't want to go to school. So get a certificate, but you right. got to make money. Do something. You got to do something. Yeah. So, yeah, I think just meet them at where they're at. Well, listen, man, I'm glad that you was around to let them know that because listen. the whole street, the hey, when, when things start growing in places where they're not supposed to be growing, you'd it's be like, crazy. damn, why didn't nobody put me on game? So I appreciate that you was there for them and that you could let them know that because <laughs> that's crazy. Listen, I said this story, I think, two or three times already because I was in I was in shock myself. Like, but. Think about it when you're 17 years old. Yeah. What do you really know? You don't know anything. You don't know nothing. You don't know nothing. <laughs> and your friends don't know anything either. No, your friends are just as dumb as you. And then you might have one friend that's smart and nobody listens to them because, you know, they're the square. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So it's just like, I remember being 17 and having weird conversation with my homegirls and we let each other nowhere. You know, like we went <laughs> nowhere. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where I'm at with that.
Just okay, talk to okay. Yeah. Well, see, I, I'm listen. I'm glad you're doing that, and please keep doing it. I will. <laughs> so, my next question for you is: What are some of the shortcomings and obstacles that you had to try to overcome when you first got started with your writing and your other creations? And also, what are some of the obstacles that you're facing right now? So, you know, when we grow in the space, you know, our problems change. At first, it's just like, okay, is anybody gonna like my shit? That's mm-hmm. the first thing you have, that doubt and right. anxiety. Is anyone going to like this? Is anyone really going to listen to me talk? Who the right. fuck want to listen to me talk, right? And then once you figure that out and you have the confidence and you start growing your audience, then you have other problems. Okay, how can I get a bigger audience? How can I relate to more people? You know, those are some of the things that I go through. So for you, when you first got started, what were some of the challenges? And now what are some of the challenges you're facing that you're more established? Um, when I first started, like I said, just because I thought something and then it turned into something else. Um, I think that trying to find my niche, right? Like, so for a very long time, because I am like super deep, right? But then I also give like sometimes super hood vibes. Um, is is a hit or miss with me? I thought that it was poetry right like I thought that spoken word was my thing and then I was like I don't really feel comfortable like I don't really I didn't really it wasn't my thing right so then like I said then the article started coming out and that came very natural to me um putting it out there when I was younger was not a problem like I was like oh yeah you know I was super confident as a young kid you do whatever and you think everything's gonna sell or not necessarily sell but that people were gonna tune into it Mm-hmm. So I, my, in the beginning, I think my problem was definitely finding my niche and finding that space of how I wanted to relay this message. Now, in with time, it is shyness, right? So I am right, surprised, right, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So it's like I don't know. I I get I put myself in this weird box where it's kind of like it's so personal to me now, right? Because I've at first I wasn't, I was going through stuff through third party. So it was like my parents' experience because I was affected because I was their kid. But in reality, like, you know, I had everything I needed and I really didn't grow up in a toxic environment with them too. Well, for some. So now as an adult, now that I'm experienced and I'm going through stuff and I'm realizing more stuff, how it affected me, I was scared of how people would take it. Mm-hmm. So when I dropped my first art, not my first article, well, yeah, my first article to Instagram, to my personal page, um, I started to do it on my personal page because I didn't know no better um, up until I met T. And I got, so I hadn't been on Instagram for six years. Wow. Right. So when I finally decided to go back, I was like, I'm going back with a purpose and it's to share my work. That's right. My first article was like, very shocking to a lot of people because I had been out of a, a, a circle for a very long time. And I started to get feedback, like, you should take this down, you know, like, this is not okay. Like, cause it was based on an experience that I had regarding domestic violence. Mm-hmm. So that was a very big obstacle for me to even write again, you know, like after that, I was kind of scared, you know, because I was like, Oh, wow. Like, you know, you developed this website and now you know, you have people hitting you up, like, don't put this out. Like, this is bad stuff. And then thank God, you know, like I met up with T and I felt confident afterwards and I'm created the second page. And it's just kind of my experience, you know, so 
I'm now I'm working on how not to feel shy, I guess, or like, yeah, like a little bit shy to share my work. Cause when you create, you get, you know, you get really sensitive. Like, oh, I, you know, not that I even want people to like it. I just don't want people to like be harsh because I'm not super harsh. Um, but that's a part of the process. So I'm learning that right now. And with my first event coming up on the 19th, I am <laughs> waiting to see, like, you know, how people react to it. I'm nervous, but it's a part of the process. So that's my biggest obstacle. Like even talking to people, I get nervous. So, well, I mean, I feel like all feedback is good feedback, right? There's also going to be a lot of people, and I've noticed this in my experience, that have negative things to say just because they can't put themselves in the position that you did. So sometimes the criticism that you get is good criticism. It's constructive. Hey, maybe you should think about formatting the paragraphs like this so that way it's easier to read. Things like that. That's just trying to help you. But sometimes it's criticism from people for the sake of criticizing, that they don't have anything to say. So they want to say something negative. So what I had to realize in my early process of the show was people are going to have an opinion regardless, but it doesn't matter to me whether the opinion is good or bad because they're listening. Right. I don't care if you think I'm trash. I don't care if you think I'm the best. If you keep listening, then I'm doing something right. Right. So once you. Once you get that in your head and once you get all that anxiety and stuff, one of the things that I felt in the beginning was, man, I don't have a radio voice. I don't have a smooth, you know, like, you know, like the Allstate dude voice. That's like, funny because I feel like you do. I feel well, like you well, look, do. thank you. I appreciate that. Right, yeah, I feel like you have it. But and it was just like, but why does that even matter? Like, think about all the people, you know, who speak for a living or who rap or who actors and actresses. And they don't have the quote unquote traditional voice, but they out here getting it. So what is to stop me from getting it? So I just think like most of the stuff that you go through is all in here because what people on the outside, that's just where they are. They're on the outside. They're not you. They don't have that motivation that you have. They don't have the creativity you have. So their opinion is just that an opinion. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody got one. Exactly. That's so a good one. That's a good it's one. Just, it's just once you get that in your mind, you build the confidence from within. It doesn't matter what people got to say, because nine times out of 10, they wish they could do what you're doing. And they wish they had the confidence that you had. They wish they had the, the bravery that you had. So I appreciate especially that. I appreciate in the beginning that. time, like this is the time where you're trying to find yourself and you're trying to find your voice. What yeah. people got to say, it really don't matter because I just frame it like this. It was like my first five or six episodes, right? Somebody said, yo, your podcast is trash. This is horrible. Wow. This is the hardest thing. I said, okay, cool. I didn't even get mad. I said, I bet. Well, where's your podcast? Right. All right, right fine. You, I'm trashed. Okay, cool. Right. Where's yours? Do, do you have anything out? Oh, do you got something on YouTube? Do you got something right. on Apple? Do you have writing out there? Do you Are you putting yourself out there like that? Right. Or, oh, you're not? Okay, then I don't really want to hear what you got to say. That's a good that's a good way to put it. I like that. I like that perspective. That's a fact. So, you know, what I mean, go for it, man. Yeah, Everybody going forward. People who's going to have something to say. Yeah. Regardless. They hated on Jesus Christ, man. 
They sure did. <laughs> so, they sure did. They did so, my man dirty. They did him dirty. <laughs> yeah, they did him dirty. They did yeah. him dirty. So you can't really worry about that, man. You just keep keep creating, keep living in your purpose, man. And the right people, just like T, are going to come to you. When you put that's that energy true. out there, when you intentional and you really serious about what you're trying to do, what you're trying to create, Sorry. people are going to be attracted to that and they're going to come to you. So don't worry about the bad shit because whatever it is, it's, that's life. Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. The right people do navigate towards you. I've, I've more recently started to listen to my intuition and listen to myself and be put um, get outside that box of being in those places, you know, like, cause sometimes I like even to go back to see, I like the energy there because it feels very genuine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel forced. I could feel like myself. And sometimes in the creative spaces, it's a lot of weird stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, a, it's a lot of shit that is just like, come on, you know, like I can't listen to this shit all day long. So I, I love different spaces and now i'm being more open to them and to seeing that it's just a little different than what i'm used to so that's a fact that's, that's right fact. that's right now speaking of t and the bronx collab you and i obviously both from the bronx we rep it's bx all day fuck what you Absolutely. heard you know what i mean we, we we doing it up here yes. so my next question for you then is how important is it to you to highlight the barrel of the bronx with your career and all your endeavors to me it's like at the utmost importance. The reason why my show is named the Bronx Bias Podcast is because when people would find out who weren't from New York or even from New York that I was from the Bronx, they would just have this disdain. They would look disappointed in me. They would look like, how, what? Like, you're from yeah. there? Oh, my God. Like, so I knew that that was something that I wanted to put out on the pod, like just the positivity from the area, feature great people from the area, just so... Right more people can have an opportunity to give us a chance and listen to what we got to say. So right. for you as a writer now, you're this Bronx girl and you write. Mm -hmm. How important is that to you? It's super important because back to what you were saying, um, I actually have the same experience. And as a female, it's very funny because it's, it's just crazy. People think the craziest things about you. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. You know, like I always tell people, like I grew up maybe a little differently than what these kids are growing up. But it's funny when I was, I went to school in Buffalo and by accident, um, me and my roommates got a house in the hood. Now. The hood of Buffalo, this all relates, is very different than our hood, right? It's giving early 2000. Mm -hmm. It's giving Marcy Projects. You mm -hmm. know, like, whatever you could, you know, 138 for Alexander back in the days. So, I remember having a conversation, and this is like, I'm probably one of the most intimidating people I've met. And they asked me, where was I from? And I said, the Bronx. <laughs> and the person went like you know like what and I was like yeah I'm from the Bronx you know like I'm excited and they're like oh I, I, I heard very bad stuff you know like and they were like intimidated that we were people from the Bronx so like you know to me it's just kind of like the Bronx isn't that bad the way that people make it seem and with their expressions of us being from the Bronx it was it was very confusing to me you know like because I grew up here like I said and whatever they got going on in the South Bronx is whatever they got going on in the South Bronx. <laughs> you know, I'm from uptown. I'm from the North Bronx. So it's, to me, it is very different. And then, um, 
later on, right, like dating and stuff, you realize, too, that people do think that the Bronx is funny, you know, like they, oh, why would you want me to go to the Bronx? And it's just like, we have so much beautiful things in the Bronx. I love the Bronx, but I also want to keep the Bronx to myself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. I understand what you mean. Yeah, I don't want it to be gentrified. I love what goes on in the Bronx. I live in an area. Are you from uptown? Uh, Yeah, technically. Well, yeah, it is uptown. I guess it's more of the east. I'm Park Chester. Okay, okay. Yeah, so kind of same, different. Yeah. So I'm from an area where it's predominantly like Africans and Jamaicans. Mm -hmm. And I love it. You know, like I love that about where I'm from. and I've, I don't want it to change in a, in a sense of like that it gets gentrified, you know, that's the best way I could put it. Um, I don't want that for the Bronx, but I do think it's very important to represent the Bronx because we do, we have, we don't have a lot of things here, you know, like we are not the borough that gets the most funding. Yep. Um, I actually learned that not so long ago, like I was looking some stuff up and seeing like what is out there for the Bronx. And then we are in the most in most poverty. Yep. Um, it's crazy. So to me, representing the Bronx means everything and staying, you know, like not necessarily staying forever, but being in the Bronx at this age and knowing what I know is hard, you know, like it's very difficult here. So representing the Bronx is everything to me. Like, that's all I wanted to do, you know, like, because this is where everything started for me. So even when I go back home, I could go to Puerto Rico, I could go to DR, but I'm still a Bronx kid, you know, like I'm still here. Like I was born there, but this is where I'm from because this is what raised me. So I think the Bronx is beautiful. Like everything about the Bronx. I, you know, like people, I have gotten into conversation and debates with friends. I party in the Bronx still at this old age, you know, like this, this is my hood. Like I love it here. So I don't want to go anywhere else yet, you know, like, because why can't I do for my community and why can't I represent for my community? Nobody else is doing it that much. So we got to do it. Music to my ears. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Yes. And I hear a lot of creators that are like, you know, around my age or that I know from around my way, I'm very shocked that they don't want to put on more for this area, for the Bronx. And there's a few, you know, like there's a few people that can put on for the Bronx that don't put on for the Bronx. So I think that that's weird. But for the people that do, like, kudos to you guys, because I see I, when I got on Instagram, I was shocked. You know, like I was like, wow, people, you know, people are representing the Bronx. Like, this is nice. But the people that I personally know that don't do it is just kind of sad because we are we have so much. My sister went the first time to the botanical garden not too long ago. Really? For the first time. Wow. For the first time. I yes. was sad for her. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, it, it is it's very important. Um, just because like it's also teaching people, like, you know, you hear this since you were a child. Don't judge a book by its cover. You hear that since you was a baby, since you was in mm-hmm. kindergarten. And how is it that now? you know, at this big age that we at, that you still doing the same things that you learned not to do when you was a kid. Like I get on here. I was, I do Bronx facts every episode. One fact about the Bronx, New York, I've gotten, especially since the show started, you lying. That's Mm -hmm. not true. You made that up. And I'm like, yo, why would I get on the airwaves, Apple, Spotify, all these places and come on here lying? What's the point of that? Right. Like I'm trying to tell you these things because these aren't the things that 
you're raised to believe. Most people think New York City is Times Square <laughs> and that's it. Like And now Williamsburg. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like yeah. there's so much here. There's so much legacy and history here. Like, this is why I do this. This is why I dedicate a piece of my show every week to that. Because there are so many yeah. people out there just with the wrong idea. And it's very important to me to at least give you an opportunity to know some more things. You know, like I put it on the pod. I don't remember which episode. Stan Lee, Marvel Comics. We love yes, the Avengers. I heard that we one. Love yeah. Black Panther. Early on. Love yeah. all these things. We watch mm -hmm. these things. We love it. You know that dude's from, the, from Bronx. the Bronx, right? You know he yeah. got a street over here, right? Hello. Yeah. Like, there's so much that there's way more than meets the eye. And I think that people need to give every person a chance. And that's why it's important to rep where you're from, because there's a lot of people out here who just don't know. Yeah, it, yeah, they don't know. And they're not sometimes not even willing to give it a shot. Like, it's crazy. People like I invited some of my friends out here from like they were here from college. They were staying in Brooklyn and I invited them out to a place that I usually go to over here, which I've been going for quite some time. They were scared about their tires getting stolen. And it's like that does not happen all the time. And sometimes it's like, you know, if it happens to you, it happened. You know? <laughs> yeah. You just got to eat I, that. Right. What can I release? Because I know it has happened, but it's also not like something that happens every day. Like nobody's just going to come and steal you. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> what? I was like, what do you think? Where do you think I parked my car? In the street? <laughs> like, It's so, crazy. Yeah. So that's, see, this is why we need it. We got to keep, got to keep it going. Keep the message of the positivity of the Bronx going. It's important for us that we do that. Yeah. All right. So now you mentioned that, you know, you speak to the kids, you make sure to keep, you know, uh, a relationship with them. You make sure to keep, you know, communication with them. And that's very important. Um, what advice would you give to a young person who wanted to start their own business, their own creation or their own movement? What is a great piece of advice to tell someone in a very impressionable age about creating or how to manifest you know something that they're proud of or that other people can enjoy um how to i mean literally i would say just go for it right so let's say you want to start writing um there's a lot of free stuff too for like writers when you're first starting off because i know money when you're first starting off is crazy like you know, it's so hard. Like you're just trying to figure life out and you're like, oh, I need to buy this, but I need to pay my light bill, you know? Yeah. Like, so I say start off free, you know, like, so do your, let's say your website for free. So there's like WordPress lets you blog for free. Yep. Um, Twitter lets you write for free. Literally Twitter. I love Twitter. Like mm -hmm. I, when I didn't have Instagram, I only had Twitter. That's how important Twitter is to me. So Put your work out there, you know, like, like what we were just talking about. Don't be scared because people are going to say whatever they're going to say either way. It's going to be sad at first because we got to be honest. Everybody's human. You're going to get a little sad, but you have to believe in your shit. Mm -hmm. You know, like at first I used to think to myself, like I said, oh my God, like this is a little embarrassing or like, you know, do I really want to share this? And then I was like, who are you embarrassed? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, who are you? You're not like a Kardashian, like you're Angelica from the Bronx. Put out your shit. This is what you went through. This is your reality. And when it comes to art, like, you know, painting and stuff like that, also put your work out there. 
and don't devalue yourself for people. A lot, you know, sometimes we want to start small and I'm not saying start huge, you know, you're not going to sell a shirt for a thousand dollars in your community, <laughs> but I'm saying that if you know what you put into it, make sure that you're getting back as well, That's you know, right. like, and make sure that you're doing it for the right reasons. So if you start something for your community or like, let's say you want to be mentoring or you want to be out here for the kids or even inspiring kids, think about the kids that you're trying to inspire. You know what I mean? Be realistic. So if I, for example, if I want to put something out and I want the people from my neighborhood to wear it, I know what the people from my neighborhood are going through. If you want to reach those people, make stuff affordable in the beginning, you know, for yourself, for those people um you know promote yourself like reach out to different people through instagram like i'm a little less shy because it's the internet you know what i mean like so you could you could reach out to whoever you want <laughs> like yeah. what are you really gonna say i don't know you so i would do blast like on my personal page now i'm gonna start through this bronx girl rights but i would send it to people like hey you know send a little message tell them this is what i'm working on and Put yourself out there. Like you never know who can who you can get in contact with. Sure. You know, the world is and then when you're out, promote yourself. Like I promote myself at the randomest places. I don't care where I'm at. If I'm at a church service, here's my pen <laughs> reading. You know, like <laughs> the grocery store. I'm talking to the guy from the bodega and I'm telling him, like, hey, I started a blog. I don't know if he's gonna tune in or not, but maybe he'll give my pen to the next person. Yep. Or the pen will get lost in translation, you know. So marketing too I've, i'm learning about that so i invested in pens because pens touch different hands yeah all the time so those small stuff go a long way that's Very my best true. advice push yeah. yourself the best that you can that's right that's right you see that's why we got to have people from the community on this is why thank it's very you, important to me it. because we talk until then we speak their language yeah. we understand them we've been there Absolutely. i've been there i know Absolutely. what it's like <laughs> Putting out episode number one. I know what that's like. I know what it's like thinking really? like, damn, my shit is really bad right now. You know, I know that's what good. that's like. So we're the best people to talk to. We have your best interest. We want to see everybody win, especially if you're from the Bronx. Yeah. And like, you know, something else like I've heard um, some of my friends say that they don't have the time to promote. And that's a lie. I tell them all the time. That's a lie. You know why? Because. I, I mean, now I'm new to it, like I said, but I see that I pick up my phone more often before than before I had Instagram. So if I'm picking up my phone, you can post yourself. You know what I mean? Like you can figure out different ways. And like what's good about 2022 is that we have people that have done it, maybe not the way you want to do it, but you can see an example of how you want to make your page look or what you want people to tune in. So we know what sells. You know, we sell, we are the culture. So whether I have, you know, my big hair and I'm painting, I know that a picture like that is gonna, it's gonna catch attention. You're going to click the link because you're just nosy and you want to see what's in there. So eventually you're going to end up reading. So keep promoting yourself. Like that's, you can always promote yourself on your Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is a little harder because Twitter, like, you know, it's a hit or a miss with Twitter. They can curse <laughs> you out or they can love you. <laughs> so you could be careful with that. But Twitter is great too. You can go very far with Twitter. Yes, you can. Yeah. Well, great advice. I appreciate you bringing that to the platform. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So my next question for you, Angie, is 
what keeps you motivated in this space? What is the what are some things that keep you willing to keep trying new things, willing to keep meeting new people, willing to keep putting yourself out there and battling your nervousness with speaking? What is your chief motivations in this space to just keep it going and keep this Bronx Girl Rights active? Um, my life, like I go through so much, like it's just random stuff, you know? So like my community and my life, literally, like I hear so much stories and I go through, like I go through the randomest things. So when I go through it, I, I laugh a little bit because it's just kind of like, this is an experience that I'm sure somebody went through that didn't know how to navigate it because I didn't know how to navigate. But now that I'm at the end of the tunnel, I'm going to share it and I'm going to make sure that somebody I don't know, maybe even a mom that has a teenage daughter can read it and she can give her teenage daughter advice based on my opinions and based on the statistics that I put up there. Um, My motivation literally is life. Like I'm motivated by life. Sometimes I get really down when, you know, you go through stuff. So you feel some type of way, you feel a little sad. And then it's like writing makes me feel good. Like it just makes me feel so good inside. So that's it. Like, it's something that I can't explain. I love it. So yeah. that's good, man. Never Thank lose you. the love, man. Thank Never you. lose the love. I hope not. Nah, it's been a while. <laughs> at first, at some point in my life, I thought I was gonna stop, but I just keeps. I have journals, like four or five journals from when I was a kid. Mm. Just wow. Yeah, right. Maybe that's yeah. something that you release, like for anniversaries, like your first. Ooh. It's the first thing you ever wrote, or something like that. <laughs> right? Like give people a a glimpse of who you were in the past and now pushing like forward idea. to who you are now. You can have that for free. Yes, I like that. I like that. So now we are sort of at, I wouldn't say the end, okay. but we're almost at the tail end of this pandemic. And this pandemic was an experience that will change our, that have changed all of our lives one way or the other um, forever. You know, like I remember I used to get on the train and we used to pack ourselves in there like sardines, no masks, breathing on each other, wow. coughing, sneezing, grabbing the pole, no hand sanitizer. Very nice. Now I get on the train, I'm like in a hazmat suit, like, cause that's just how serious it is. And you understand more like how you yeah. can get sick this way. So what is the most important thing that you have learned during or after the pandemic? What is the thing that you've taken away from this whole experience, this two plus year experience? Um, that you would say is the most teachable thing that you that you've gotten from this time does it have to be like a health tip no it could be okay. whatever. um so i um the pandemic was crazy for me right so yes. i live in i live i have a two bedroom i live in my apartment with my sister and her partner so it was three of us in here mm-hmm. um and i was remote only they had got furloughed during the pandemic, I think that a little bit before I was already feeling very down, like I was going through a lot and I was down. The pandemic showed me how to heal. Mm. Um, I had so much time to be still. So much time with myself, like, mm-hmm. you know, also like there was a lot of grieving going on, like people were going through a lot. So I took that moment to kind of better myself i got out of a very weird situation i was in as well um that's in my blog and that's the article what the fuck is a red flag <laughs> um <laughs> so during that time it was actually 
how I feel, I felt like I was saved during that time. You know, like I feel like God gave me an opportunity to really get out of something that wasn't, you know, wasn't going to end well. So I, you know, like I took myself in and I was home a lot. I went back to Puerto Rico. So yeah, like healing, I found healing in myself. I found myself, you know, ready to work out again, ready to dance again, ready to do all those things that I had stopped doing for quite some time for, you know, numerous amount of reasons. I felt better. The pandemic, I, you know, like I felt confident, like I felt amazing when the, like when we started being back outside, you couldn't tell me anything. I felt like I flourished, like, cause I had time to break down. So I broke down, like I broke down maybe four months of the pandemic very bad. And then like, it was like a rebirth. It was amazing. Even now that I'm going through things because of the pandemic, nothing can really like shock me too much. You know, like you go through something and it's unfortunate or you have to do so much. Right. But now it's kind of like, you just overcome those obstacles and that's it. Like nothing should be able to bring you that down. So, yeah, that that is great, man. You know why I love asking that question because everyone experiences different. So the pandemic happened to all of us, but we all got a different something from it. Right. Yeah. I was able to be still, like you said, I was able to develop a concept for a podcast that if I was just living my regular life before the pandemic, I wouldn't have been able to. And this, this pandemic changed my life, mm-hmm. you know, and I understand like sometimes we get on here and we talk about how we've grown and we've changed from the pandemic. We don't want it ever to sound like we're like, oh, we're happy that it happened because a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people right. lost their lives. But we're saying is like with this time where we just sat around and did nothing. Well, instead of me eating everything in the fridge and getting fat, why don't I use this time to cultivate something I always wanted to do. Yeah. Why don't I get into fitness? Why don't I learn something new? Why don't I use this time wisely? And so when this shit ends, whenever it does, because we don't even know a new variant could come out tomorrow. We don't know. Hopefully not. Exactly. Hopefully not. Yeah. Why don't I use this time where I've probably the most free time I've ever had in my life to focus on something and build something that I want to do. Finally, I get the chance to do something I want to do. Yeah. That's how I took it. And I'm glad that you also have the same message. When I speak to other entrepreneurs, they all say the same thing. Man, I finally had time to sit down and Mm -hmm. shut up for a second. I had time to sit down and relax for a minute and actually sleep in and realize, damn, I've been treating myself poorly. I haven't been taking care of myself physically, things like that. So sometimes things that we all, you know, that most people look at as uh, as a what's the word I guess? Uh, uh, detriment or negative, we could always spin that into a positive. You could always make something beautiful come out of something. And we from the Bronx, we've been making yeah. beautiful shit come out of here forever. For a very so long time. It's, it's people out there, man, don't let a global pandemic, you know, don't let it come to a global pandemic where you want to cultivate something that you care about or do something different or change a mentality that you had. Don't wait till we're locked up in the house so we right. can do that. Start doing that now. Start thinking about things you're interested in, things you like, people you can partner with because opportunity is always available. Yeah. Yeah, that's a fact. Reaching out to people, like, the worst thing that can happen is a no. <laughs> that's it. The worst thing that can happen is a no. That's yeah. it. I mean, you ask somebody something, they say no, 
move on. It's almost like you didn't ever ask. Exactly. That's how I framed it. When I used to, when I would reach out to guests, like people who I would see and I, they had way more followers than me and stuff. I would just be like, if I reach out to them and they say no, it'll be like, I never reached out anyway. What's the harm? Exactly. And now with Instagram, unsend the message, it never happened. (laughs) Right. You (laughs) You know, if you don't want to see it, just, yeah. Or delete the thread, whatever. Absolutely. Do whatever makes you feel happy inside, but do give it a shot. You got to try first. Facts, facts. And I'm glad that we're able to say that, you know, if it needs to be said, whoever out there needed to hear that, I hope you take something from that. Me too. All right. So moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is the exact same, except there are no vowels in neighborhood on Twitter. And Angie, one thing I do every show is I answer questions from the listeners of the show. It's a great way to keep them involved. It's a great way to keep them engaged. It's a great way to make them feel like they're contributing to the show as well, more than just listening. So what I would like to do is have you answer some of the questions from the listeners that I've received previously so they can know a little bit more about Angie, the Bronx girl that writes. Okay. All right. So my first question for you from the listeners, and uh oh, this is going to be a good one. What was the worst date you have ever been on? I'm ready to hear this. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I went on a really, really bad date. Um, I wasn't dating for a while. I was actually not that I wasn't dating. I was in a relationship. So I shouldn't be dating. <laughs> so, you know, I waited, I think, like three years to start dating again because I was just like, let me give myself a second. And I, I mean, maybe I could combine these two because I actually had two very bad dating experience, which is why I'm not dating right now. Um. I go out with this dude. I think I, me and my friend met him at like this place. It was like an artsy place. So I was like, what's, you know, like this is totally different than what I'm used to. That's what I said in my head. So why not give it a fucking shot? So when we <laughs> get to the place and I want to say, you know, like, well, I don't know, maybe whatever. If he listens to it, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I want to say that it wasn't like it was the the worst thing that can happen because I'm sure worse things happen to people but we started talking and it was one of those conversations where he was talking about himself in the third person Mm. so at first I was a little confused because (laughs) I was like what (laughs) like so I was like I'm sorry you're talking about you because he kept saying you know like let's say my name is Bob Bob likes when people act like this (laughs) so I was like and I'm sitting across from him. So I'm just like, hold on, what just happened? Because it happened so out of nowhere, right? Where he started talking about the third person. And I'm eating. And as you know, we're talking, whatever. So I'm like, why are you talking like that? Because now, now I have, because, you know, at first when you're in a date, you're like, oh, you know, all pretty. At this point, I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> like, am I missing something? I thought maybe he was joking. You know, like, I thought that maybe this was his sense of humor and I just wasn't picking up on it. So he asked me, do I have a problem with that? So I was like, no, like, you know, like at this point, I'm like, no, but it's new to me. So this is our first date. So I'm like, it's new to me. So I'm just trying to understand why you keep talking in third person. He's like, it's something that I like to do. All right. You know, like, I'm not, I'm not (laughs) mad at you. 
he starts unloading his childhood trauma on me. This is the Yikes. first date. The first time we met was at an art show. So we didn't really talk. You know what I mean? Like, like you're out somewhere with your friends and you meet somebody. Oh, you know, like, how are you? I would like to take you out. Sure. So this is just our first time even having an actual conversation. I am okay with everybody talking about their traumas. Not on the first Not day. Not on the first day. <laughs> I don't care what you tell me. I don't care. Mental health is very important. But do not come to the first day with all of that. But the childhood trauma was so heavy. I don't even know if it's okay to say everything he said. But one of the things that really stood out to me was he told me about an abuser in his life, right? So at this point, I'm in my bag because I'm thinking about my articles. So I'm. it's no longer a date. Now it's an interview <laughs> in my head, right? Because for real, one of the abusers he's telling me about, he's telling me something happened. It wasn't like crazy, but it was bad. Then he tells me that person is now his best friend. So I said, oh, okay. You know, like, well, how did you get there? Like, did you guys go to therapy? Blah, blah, blah. She is my therapist. So now I have something to say because now I'm going to, I have to tell you what I've learned through therapy, that your therapist cannot be your abuser and your best friend. You're lying. Like there's some, aside from the fact that he was talking in the third person, the childhood (laughs) trauma and this I went to the bathroom and I texted my friend that we had both met him that night. And I told her, like, I don't know if I should get in the car with the zoo because he's bugged out. <laughs> he didn't even have a drink. When we get to the front of my building, because I decided not to drive, which is something I'm no longer doing. Um, he tells me he wants me to meet said person. Oh, no. But I started laughing because, like, I didn't know what else to say. You know what I mean? On our way, because I missed a, a very big part. On our way there, we had been texting before, and I'm into true crime daily. You know, like, I'm into true crime daily. I couldn't, like, when I tried to put down the window, I couldn't put it down. And he, he was like, oh, does this remind you of true crime daily? So that was one of his jokes, which is not, a, is not funny. It's, no. it's just not funny. <laughs> like, when you watch true crime daily, you know it's not fucking funny. So I tell him, I'm like, no. Like, I told him, I, I'm just getting to know you. I don't want to meet this person. Um, thank you. I will meet said person when the time is appropriate. Good. Good job. Person. Oh, it gets worse. He's oh. calling the person on FaceTime. I'm in the car and I can't get out the car. So at this point, I'm like, can you please let me out of your vehicle? Like, and I'm not even being mean because I just. I don't know what was going. I've never experienced something like that before. So I'm like, can you let me out of your car? And he's like, you're going to talk to her. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what do you want me to say? Like, why is it so important for me to talk to her? So the person's on the phone. I'm at this point just saying hi because I want to get out the car. But I have an attitude and it's clear. So he hangs up the phone and he's like, we're going to talk about your attitude. I said motherfucker let me out the car yeah so yeah that was the worst experience that's that's basically and then after that like you know i had to tell him because he told me i was being funny and i had to tell him i had the worst experience like you don't play with people like that you don't lock the car door you don't child lock people in i'm an adult i don't need child safety and i told him like you know there's certain things that you said to me that are not okay and not because i'm not a sensitive person because i believe that people need a space to talk but you should not unload on people like that. That is not okay. And I blocked him. Never spoke to him again. Damn, Bob, you fucked up the bag, Let's boy. Bob, Jeez, Bob, is Bob. Crazy. Bob, 
Bob, you got to do better, Bob. And what's crazy about Bob is like people, you could see people and you would never know. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the most professional people that you see be having the most mental health issues. That's what I say. Because like a book, you can't judge a book by its cover for sure. Yeah. Bob. Ooh, boy. Yeah, Bob is, is a hot ass mess. I pray for Damn. him. Like- you know what's crazy too? When I ask when women talk to me about their dating experiences, it's always like, I don't know, somehow I'm always surprised about what y'all go through. Like, mm-hmm. like I've never been in a situation where someone locked the door on me and like helped me hostage to talk to their therapist. Like, why are men so fucking crazy like this? You gotta, you gotta tune into breaking down friendships, please. Because <laughs> you know, you, you know why you're surprised because your homeboys are not telling you how crazy they are. That, that is 100% true. That is a fact. Cause I've had conversations with people and they tell me stuff. We have guy. I have a group of friends that I went to college with. The guys do not tell each other nothing. They don't That's know true. what they're going through. That's true. That yeah. is very true. It's a fact. Yeah. Wow. Ooh, Bob, boy. <laughs> Bob Man, I, I hope if you are listening that this motivates you to do better because you out here wild and I don't know what's, what you got going on, bro. I don't know what you got going on. I don't know. It's sad. <laughs> you know, it's sad. I feel bad. Like, I hope, you know, whatever he creates or something because, you know, cre- creators are sometimes a little off ourselves. So maybe he's just one of those people. Whew. Whew. Well, I'm happy you made it out of that situation. And we didn't have to see a true crime show about you. Listen, so. thank God. Yes, for real. And I'm never <laughs> telling. Well, now people will know. But I, I'm, if I'm dating somebody, I'm never telling them about my true crime, you know, <laughs> fan errors. Because apparently it could be used against you. So I'm not doing that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you learned that lesson yeah, that day. Too. I learned. I learned for sure. <laughs> okay. Okay. So my next question for you from the listeners is. What is something that you like to do the old-fashioned way? Um, a lot of things, you know, like, I, I still like to, I write, you know, like, I write, write, like, I write, yeah. Right. Um, I want to believe that dating also, like, I want to date the old-fashioned way. Well, um, wait, let me stop you. What is dating the old-fashioned way? Just like, I don't know. It's very weird. Like I said, I just got Instagram and that is crazy. Like, I mean, you you know what it is that I could see why people get caught up on Instagram, but Instagram is not dating. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's not. And I don't want the social media dating Mm, thing. That's to me. That's funny. Yeah. Like I like dates. Um, I don't know. Romantic shit. You know, not, I feel like the old fashioned way is actual dates. You know, like mm-hmm. I feel like now you go to the club or something like I don't you know, I go to the club with my homegirls. I could go to the clubs, too, with a significant other, but not for the first day. I think that's no. crazy. Um, what else do I really do the old fashioned way? I think that's. Yeah, I think that's it. Well, I share that with you too. Writing, I keep a, I keep a cup of pens. Mm-hmm. I always write, and I do use things. I use my phone, like if I'm on, if I'm outside, yeah. If if I need to phone. write something down real quick, or so I don't forget it. But generally speaking, if I need something, I keep it. You see all Me my too. pages, right? Yeah, like, they're I write. I, that is something that I need to do. I need the pen to hit the paper for it to feel like it's real. Yeah, and reading too. <laughs> like I have, um. 
Let me see if I can. We have like books, hey. you know, like, yeah, we, we read, read, you know, like you pick up the book and read. Um, I have a problem with the, the internet stuff. One, my eyesight is not too good. So I can't, I'm already working on the computer 24 seven and then we're on the phones. So when I'm reading, I like to read, you know, like people don't even like to pick up a book anymore. It's weird. Well, so I mean, I'm part of that community. I love audiobooks, and maybe that's why I do a podcast, but that's it, I would that's... much rather listen to like somebody read a story to me than actually read it myself. Yes. Yeah, so people have been telling me that's why I'm doing the audio because people have been telling me on this Bronx Girl Writes, even people that have followed me before it became this Bronx Girl Writes. Um, <clears throat> They've been telling me to put audio and I'm surprised, but you know, people don't read. So people, you know, people want that lullaby aspect. Like, you know, you, yeah. your mom and your dad read you a book before you went to sleep. It's sort of in that vein. Right. Right. All right. And my last question for you, Angie, from the listeners is if you had intro music, what song would it be? What song would you want to play? Like he was in the WWE or something and he was walking down the ramp and that music came on and people would know you are in the building. What song would that be? Um, Legend by Benny the Butcher. Okay, sure. some Griselda love. Yeah, I like for it. Sure. I love that song. Like I really do. I think it's so important when he says like, you know, like basically people think that he's becoming a legend, but he's a legend now. Right. Because mm -hmm. it's about how you feel like that's very important to me. And then, you know, just growing up the way that I did, um, which you will have to tune into my articles, you know, to see how I grew up. But I love the, you know, the crack boy made it out the hood. Now that's legend. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you hear these stories and you see people that have made it and they've just made it out of, you know, like some two family home, you know, like a suburb somewhere in Syracuse, New York. <laughs> so when you when I am hearing this coming from somebody and Buffalo, like I said, I know the hood of Buffalo. So when I'm hearing this, I'm like, it is rough, you know, like and you do you go through so much, you know, like when you have to do it on your own, like really do it on your own that that is legend so that's that's my theme song that's my anthem for sure all right i like that i like that mm -hmm. giving love to griselda you know we fuck griselda over here absolutely so, you know i like hearing that i like hearing that well thank you for answering the questions from the listeners i'm sure they really appreciate that one of my last questions for you okay. so we could tie a nice bow around our beautiful conversation that we've had today is what is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with as a piece of advice, a life jewel, or just something very important that you would like to express as we, again, tie a bow around this Christmas present of an episode that we've had today? Um, I want to say be gentle with yourself, you know, like, and not like literally be gentle with yourself and be gentle with others. It's important, like, you know, especially when you're dealing with creatives or even like, you know, regular people in your life, be gentle and listen, you know, listen to what people are saying. A lot of the times, like people are telling you what they need from you. You know, they're telling you how you could be supportive, like support people the way they need to be supported, not the way you want to support them, because that's not how that works. 
is like when they say uh, love languages, right? Because mm-hmm. that's the new trendy thingy. <laughs> I-, I can't love you the way I want to be loved. I got to love you the way you want to be loved. Right. So that's the important message because if we did more of that, like I think that we would be more tight niche, be gentle with one another for sure. That's it. Well, I-, I think that's great advice. And I Thank think you. that that is something that people could really benefit from here. And I appreciate you bringing that to the pod. I appreciate you coming down and taking some time to talk to me out of your busy schedule. And there's nothing left for me to do to roll out the red carpet for you. I would love for you to reiterate your name and all of the places that the people can find you. Perfect. So you can find me on Instagram at this Bronx girl writes. My website is this Bronx girl writes.com. And my Twitter is forever. Ange with two G's. And those are basically the platforms you can reach me out. My website is live, so you can go check it out. You can leave comments, and you can also subscribe. And if you subscribe, basically, that means you get my articles, and you get to read them. But I will be having audio for people that do not like to read. (laughs) So that'll be fun. I'm working on that. Okay, okay. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. I really appreciate the conversation we've had today. Shout out again to T for hooking us up. I appreciate you, T. And it is tradition around here on the Bronx Bias podcast that we allow our guest to choose a song that we play at the end of our conversation. So, Angie, the honor is yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? We're going to play We Gonna Make It. And that is by Jada Kiss. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on the Thank show. You. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Round of applause for Angie Tavares of This Bronx Girl Writes. Round of applause. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 103 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host. Once again, my name is Denzel. Special, special thank yous to my guest for the day, Angie Tavares of This Bronx Girl Writes. Really appreciate our conversation and much luck and success to you in the future. Once again, we support everybody from the Bronx out here doing some good shit. So thank you so much, Angie, for coming on the show. Thank you to everyone out there who tunes in, likes, subscribes, shares, and supports. Please do not forget the merchandise and the blog is available at bronxbiaspod.com. Go check that out. I'm also available on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood if you guys want to get in touch with me there. Thank you so much again for the love and for the support. And lastly, we are going to fade you guys out with a great, great song, which is my guest Angie Tavares' choice. And it is called We Gon' Make It by Jadakiss and Styles P off of the album Kiss the Game Goodbye. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 103. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there and be safe. And we'll speak to you guys next week. We are out. Uh, uh. Fuck the frail shit. Uh.
is where my coat come in. They gotta use the scale that they weigh the whales with. Carlson's on the Jeep. Bugatti made the prototype. Hope you get the picture, but you just can't photo light. Turning niggas naked. Kicking down the door and we burning niggas naked. The house costs a million. Sitting on the beach and the only thing I know with this furnish, I'ma take it. My bathtub lift up. My walls doing 360. We got this shit that the government got. Talking money, then you rubbing the spot. Real niggas say that they be wild. We on the Cayman Islands. On a yacht with our favorite albums. A bad hole in a plate of salmon. Smoking and drinking. Nigga, is you thinking that our fate is valid? I love my nigga for the fact that he real. And nobody on the back of square. What? And if you facing capital pun, pass me a gun. And I'ma give you time to run while I rapidly pill. I'm We gon' make it, 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 we gon' I learned the game quickly, and I don't like the rent, so when I fly now, bring my cars on the plane with me. In this case, who's the loser? Ran through enough coke for Castro to build schools in Cuba. Teach your kids how to read and write and use the Ruger. Motherfucking niggas is back. JDMP, we got water, X Haze, plus weight of the D. Tired of hearing about old niggas that had it And be the same old niggas that ratted Who cares? Just talk about how we hawk niggas and they fucking back Gun works and fishing, but niggas don't be wanting that Why? Cause they puss and they mans is lame So for real in the hood we make candy rain I could easily send you to God But come and see me at the Plaza Hotel I might give you a job If you can't remember the name All you gotta do is ask the dame For the niggas that deliver it hard Nigga, that the hood won't miss you, you bitch ass nigga. Might find your man dead in the ocean. You be alright though. You know dead rappers get better promotion. Why we don't laugh at death and cry at birth? Never say you can't do it till you try it first. Be the young niggas eager to pull it, but it's a message in everything. Trust me, even the bullet. Go to war with the eight and the pound. Think you got your ear to the street now? Put your face in the ground, 'cause my shells is expensive. You'll know exactly why when you're yelling and intensive. My Fellas is offensive, lucky cause I got guns that crack your back But that's not what I prefer, I manufacture crack And niggas turn bitch when you show them the steal But we know how to bid, so y'all go ahead and squeal I'm comfortable far from home, eating right, getting good rest Either on the bar or the phone, I'm the reason niggas got deals the past few years Sound anything like kiss, then sign right here And y'all just talking, I'm doing it well Jaded kiss, motherfucker, I'ma see you in hell What, me? We gon' make it, 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 we gon' make it.